You're listening to a Southern Star Media Production. Hello, and welcome to the Southern Stars in the News podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan, and on today's edition of the podcast, the Southern Stars Deputy Editor, Emma Connolly, has a special report on the challenges West Cork farmers face as we head into a new year. Emma has been speaking to West Cork dairy farmers and farming interest groups about some of these challenges, including the emissions targets which are set to come into force in just a few weeks. It makes for uncertain times for farmers not just in West Cork, but across the country as well. Here's Emma's report. The clock is ticking for the Irish agricultural sector, which has to make emission cuts of 25% by 2030. Radical policy changes are coming down the tracks from as early as January that will massively change how farmers, especially those involved in dairy, can operate. In simple terms, for many in West Cork, it will mean stocking less cows or requiring more land. Minister McConnell insists there won't be forced cuts to the national herd, but farmers say the climate policies being imposed on them are a call by any other name. They say they know the role they have to play in the National Climate Action Plan, but they want reassurances from government that steps they're taking now will be enough. However you look at it, everything points to 2023 being one of the most challenging years ever for farming. Skibbereen agricultural consultant Owen O'Driscoll outlines how the main policy changes will impact the sector in West Cork. Farmers are certainly facing into a lot of challenges, I suppose, going forward as businesses. Uh, you've got a new common agricultural policy, you have a climate action plan and you have a nitrate regulation. So there's a lot of moving parts there and I suppose as a business, there's a lot of things and a lot of knowledge necessary to, I suppose, develop and plan for the future. So I suppose if you just look at the CAF, so the common agricultural policy, what you're looking at is significant environmental tags and environmental services the farmers will have to provide to for probably less money in real terms because the budget hasn't really changed and you take inflation into account, there's been a stagnant level of funding. Second thing is, is the climate action plan that was just signed in there lately. Farmers are expected, which and more than willing to place their part in society, but there's huge challenges to meet 25% target. You've got a third issue, which is looming. You've got food security. You've got, um, I suppose, Putin and Ukraine has caused a lot of instability amongst fertilizer prices, um, access to fertilizer and, and feed stuff. So there's a lot of challenges, certainly. Uh, I suppose the biggest one would probably be for the dairy guys, where dairy farmers would be the new nitrate regulation, which was signed in in March 2022. So there's a lot of extra additional things, and particularly one that would strike the mind would be the new banding, which will affect um, the dairy farmers. Nitrates cow banding is something farmers have been getting to grips with for the past few months. It's going to have far-reaching consequences. Half of the current number of farmers that are in derogation will be impacted. Owen explains how it will work in simple terms. There's a variation of bands A, B and C and it depends on how efficient you are and how much milk you produce per cow. But in simple terms, if you're very high yielding, your, the value of your cow is going to increase by about 15%. So in reverse to that, you've got a 15% potential reduction for the same amount of cows. So the value of the cow has changed from, let's say, 89 up to 106. So the impact that has is that if you're currently milking 100 cows and you do no change whatsoever, just this new regulation will only allow you back to 84 cows. 
So again, if you put that in simple maths, if you've invested and you've made it, you've done borrowings. So, you know, it's, it has a huge impact on some people and there will be options of maybe getting additional land or reducing stock numbers or reducing. So, so there's a lot of challenges, a lot of decisions to be made, but it's quite difficult if you're in business and you're producing good quality food and all of a sudden overnight or within a short period of time that this rule is coming in. The ICMSA has called for banding to be suspended as it says farmers haven't been sufficiently prepared, but that's not looking likely now. It's a lot for farmers to implement all at once, says Timalik Farmer and West Cork IFA Dairy Chair, Gerlie Han. Uh, I've been farming here since 1986 after filling, finishing ag college and we're now facing into one of the most challenging times that I have seen in, in, in my time of farming. The, the three big things are this, the single farm payment, the changes on that, and uh, the second one then is the chemical register of, of fertiliser, and also the biggest one that's going to affect the dairy industry here in West Cork is the bending. I suppose farmers are, are feeling uncertain, maybe angry as well, uh, that it, all this uh, new legislation is being pushed upon us in, in the space of a month from the 1st of January. I suppose the big challenge for the dairy industry here in West Cork at the minute, look, it's well worth over 400 million to the rural economies of, of West Cork. And I suppose the big challenge for, for dairy farmers that are going to come in in the, the higher band is the availability of land. And to, and to get that, uh, w then we're going to have a situation where we're going to be competing with tillagemen, beefmen, and look, the dairy industry in West Cork, I suppose, we, we, we've put in 100 million euros into our, our, our fabulous plant in Carberry, and, and uh, that, that is our challenge at the minute, to maintain cow numbers here in West Cork and to fully utilise that, that plant that we have invested so much uh, uh, in West Cork. West Cork ICMSA Chair Eileen Callan feels there should be better communication between policymakers and farmers. We're not denying that there is a, an emissions problem in agriculture. That's a given, that's a fact. But um, farmers, we as farmers, we are custodians of the land. We are out there, we are walking the land, Emma, every day. Um, we're just not sitting in our car. We are out there, we are active. I suppose most farmers at this stage are highly educated. We've all gone to a third level or we've gone to high college and so on. And we're always farmers that are, you know, farmers are always, they're always good to take new incentives on board, I think. I suppose at this stage, what we really do need we need a bit of time and um, we have a plan we have what we have is a plan and we're the only industry I think to have that plan which is the Mac curve by Tiagas but we do need time Emma um, and to get that to get our house in order. But farmers aren't feeling listened to and that's reflected in a recent UCD survey which found over half of farmers are experiencing moderate to extremely severe depression. Government policies designed to reduce climate change were identified as the top stress factor among the 200 farmers surveyed. Here's Dr. Alison Stapleton from UCD School of Psychology. We were interested in the factors that are contributing to farmer suicide and poor mental health on the island of Ireland. Um, so at the end of it, we ended up with uh, 256 farmers all around the island of Ireland who responded to our survey. We had 185 men, 71 women, and their ages were ranged from, you know, 20 to about 70, the average age being 38 years old. Um, and so what we were finding with these farmers was that 23.4% of them were considered at risk for suicide. What does that mean? Um, it means that they were having um, suicidal thoughts or urges over the past two weeks. 
So that's almost one in four farmers at risk for suicide. As well as stress and frustration, there's also a feeling that the system is somehow skewed against the farmer, as Owen O'Driscoll explains. I understand how uh, farmers are frustrated with the, the policies and the regulations that are out there. And I suppose there is a share of anomalies there in, in relation to our, our, our policies. And I think farmers and farmer organisations need to, I suppose, and policymakers need to be aware of this and cognizant of it. So I suppose just a simple example. So look, next year there's a lot of TAMS investment grants for installing solar solar on the farm roofs and stuff. And a lot of farmers will be installing solar power. Um, but the carbon counting towards our climate action goes into the, the industry rather than to agriculture. So that's incorrect. So there you have a dairy farmer who's producing a zero carbon milk maybe, using solar panels, etc., and he or she is not, farm, the agriculture sector is not getting the benefit for that. Uh, I suppose the second thing in relation to the carbon counting, the accountancy system, so basically what you have is your, your methane, which is the big, the big um, issue with agriculture. It's a biogenic gas, it's a very soft gas, it's got a life cycle of about 12 years. It's recycled, it's a renewable, it goes around the cycle, it's absorbed by our plants and, our, our, and it's, it's very reversible. We have the same value per, uh, per ton uh, for our requirements as uh, somebody like ourselves in an airplane or in the back of a car or carbon. So you're not dealing like with like. So I think these issues need to be dealt with. And um, again, it's something that uh, policymakers need to look at and I suppose understand uh, the value. Also, the last thing I suppose is we, we have a lot of hedgerows, um, acre schemes opening, there's a lot of hedgerows being planted, there's a new afforestation plantation. So there's a lot of positive things that agriculture are doing going forward under the new cap. So these will all mitigate and they will meet our targets for our 2030 uh, obligations, I would think. Enda Buckley, Director of Sustainability at Carberry Group, shares the sentiment. I, I think the, the inventories as they exist today actually are, are, are biased and certainly don't, don't help Ireland, for example, in, in, in food because, for the state example, I was up the country yesterday at the drive, I normally get the train, but I had to drive to this location yesterday and um, the emissions for that are, I suppose, within the island of Ireland because uh, the, the diesel is consumed here and it's Irish emissions. But if I take a um, an inverse of that, so if there's a guy in Saudi Arabia and he's drinking milk, You'd, you'd like to think that the milk consumption, the, the, the emissions for that should be in Saudi Arabia, but they're not. It's actually the guy in Ireland that's producing the milk is responsible. So for me, I think there should be a consumption-based um, model across the globe. Uh, and I think it would be a lot fair because it's, it's certainly skewed against, for example, um, milk production in Ireland. Is, is, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't help us. Through his work with West Cork farmers, he's aware how there's sometimes a disconnect between the work being done on the ground and the narrative that's being told. I certainly do feel farmers feel scapegoated. Like when you, when you talk to them, there's a real sense of frustration up there because the, 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 the latest news item is out and invariably there's a, a finger being pointed at, at the sector, uh, in particular dairying. And um, I think they feel frustrated because they, they look at their own farm system and the advances that they've made, um, especially over the last 20 years, you know, uh, clover in, incorporated the swords, things like multi-species swords, low emission spreading slurry. You look where mix solids have come in terms of production, the advances in genetics, like we're, we're talking quantum leap really in terms of the, the progress being made. 
And I suppose the farmer's done all this and yet all he's hearing in the, the airwaves is, you know, that he's at fault. So I think it's it's um, it's unhelpful, a lot of the narrative. And I think we've, uh, there's an onus on, on all sides really actually to kind of, A, I suppose, bring the farmer's story and show what they've done. And also I think there's an onus, uh, I suppose, on us here as well to kind of show, look, there is a way forward and we will get through this. Yeah, some of the, the narrative isn't helpful, but, um, you know, we got to stay positive because there's a very positive story. And there's no better example than the Farm Zero C project in Bandon. Carberry, in partnership with Biorbeg, the National Bioeconomy Research Centre, are spearheading the project to investigate the feasibility of creating a climate-neutral dairy farm by 2027. Gavin Hunt, project manager, explains the groundbreaking work they're doing there. Farm Zero C is an SFI-funded project with the objective to create an economically viable climate-neutral dairy farm. So we have a holistic approach with a big focus on reducing the greenhouse gases. We're also looking at other areas such as air quality, water quality and biodiversity. So we're looking at new technologies that farmers could potentially use in the future, but there's also existing low-hanging fruit any farmer could actually take away from the project and the farm here and implement in their farm. So I suppose we shouldn't underestimate that low-hanging fruit such as clover, multi-species, protected urea, low emission slurry spreading and, and others as well. There's a big focus on renewables at the moment and as part of our strategy we want to reduce our reliance on fossil fuels but also reduce our energy bill. So basically there was a wind turbine installed on the farm in 2011 and what we looked at then is installing a solar PV system on the roof of the milking parlour in an east-west configuration um, and we also looked at installing battery storage to capture excess energy throughout the day. So in terms of results we're seeing some very very positive ones coming from the renewable strategy and there's a lot of interest actually from farmers so we actually have a few groups of farmers coming over the next couple of weeks to look at what we've installed and see if they can actually implement it on their farm and that's a, a key part of the project so in terms of return on investment and just look at the solar pv given the current rate of electricity you're talking with a tams grant a payback of five six years we're seeing positive results from our medium reducing trials there's a big challenge to try to get into a grass-based system. How can farmers actually practically feed this? Trying to get into a concentrate, trying to get into potentially a bolus. Um, and there's also a big challenge around cost. For an average farmer with, with about 100 cows, it's going to cost in the region of 70 to 100 euro per cow per year. So for 100 cows in the region of 7,000 to 10,000 euro. So there's a lot of economic incentives that need to be put in place for farmers to actually adopt some of these new technologies in the future. That's all well and good, but time is not on the sector's side. To complicate things further, there's a midterm review as part of the Nitrates Action Plan taking place in 2023. This could see the upper limit farmers are allowed to farm in derogation drop from 250 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare down to 220 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. And in the meantime, as Jerley Han, West Cork IFA Dairy Chair, pointed out earlier, there's that real challenge in West Cork to maintain cow numbers to keep up supply to Carberry. Is that a concern? I wouldn't say concern. Um... I think there's there's a, there's a aware, an awareness obviously, and I suppose that as part of a strategy, we would run lots of different models and different scenarios, looking at at, at all the types of you know increased milk, decreased milk, etc. So, I think we'll be pretty well prepared for whatever comes. Um, I, I I'd also again maybe challenge some of that 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 narrative that's out there because, for example, I think there's 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 great scope still to increase efficiencies on farm. So again, one of the reasons why we have EBI, which is economic breeding and mixed within our future proof bonuses, we, we think there's great scope there to actually 
increase efficiencies in farms um, because there's a big gap still between the guys with the very high EBIs and the very highly efficient systems to the guys that are maybe starting the journey. So there's still a lot of potential to actually, um, you know, generate more from maybe the less efficient farms. So I, I, I think, yes, there's, there's an awareness there, but um, we'd be confident we can, we'll deal with whatever, whatever comes. The facts remain. Agriculture is the largest contributor to overall emissions in Ireland and beef and dairy cattle are amongst the biggest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions. Farmers say they're not laggards, but they need more time. The next couple of years are going to be challenging, um, but farmers are always dealing with challenges and they're very innovative and they're very robust and I think they'll deal with the challenges. We, we need a budget to be put in place to compensate us and help us get over the line. There certainly are challenges ahead, Emma, um, and there are headwinds, but look, we've we faced headwinds in the past, and I think, you know, if you, you look over the history of farming in West Cork over the last 1,500 years, uh, look at all the challenges that have been faced, and, and, and farmers in West Cork have proven one thing, that they're A, very, very adaptive, they're flexible, uh, and there's a lot of resilience there. And I've no doubt that that resilience especially will serve them very well. Not just them, I think we're all in this together. Will serve West Cork well into the next um, the next 100 years. That's it from Emma. A great report on the future of farming in West Cork and beyond. And I'm sure it's a story we'll be hearing a lot more about throughout 2023. For stories like this and more, be sure to pick up a copy of The Southern Star, which is in shops every Thursday and online via our e-paper. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie to sign up for our digital edition, which is an exact replica of the paper. So that's subscribe.southernstar.ie where you can get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or phone for less than two euro per week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as there will be more to come from all of us at the Southern Star. And speaking of, next week we have a special year-end review episode of the In The News podcast coming your way, where I chatted to the paper's editor, Siobhan Cronin, and sports editor, Kieran McCarthy, about 2022 in West Cork. We cover all the biggest and best stories from throughout the year and delve a little further into some of our favourites, so keep an eye out for that next week. That's all from us for today. Thanks again to Emma for her reporting and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to another Southern Star Media podcast production. Stay connected to West Cork by subscribing to our e-paper and support local, quality and trusted journalism. Visit www.subscribe.southernstar.ie